Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 491 for the 6th of Nissan in a regular year. And today we're going to be talking about the difference between animals and humans. So in our current society, in our current world, it's common to have this understanding that humans are just animals, that we're not that different than animals. A lot of really hardcore vegetarians kind of propose this idea that we're really not any different than animals. The the whole idea of the theory of evolution is based upon this idea that we evolved from animals and that we're really all just on this continuum of the same place. Nevertheless, even in the scientific world at large, in contemporary scientific understanding, there is an awareness of the fact that there are certain things that are are undeniably human. Some traits that are really unique among humans and do not exist amongst animals. Some of these things are, for example, language. Language is something which is really interesting. I remember actually taking a course at McGill University in Montreal all about language and the professor actually spent many years of her life trying to teach language to an ape. And it was an extremely frustrating endeavor that she spent years and years of research really trying to teach language to this ape. And it proved to be totally futile, totally unsuccessful. She was able to teach it different words, like maybe apple or orange or banana or things like that. But complex sentences were not within the realm of the ape to be able to understand or communicate in any sort of a coherent fashion at all. So that was an interesting and educational study, perhaps not in the way that she was intending it to be, but nevertheless, interesting nonetheless, and very much paralleling what we have Jews have known all along, which is one of the reasons why we find in Jewish literature that the human being is often referred to as the madaber, the speaker. So another thing that makes humans unique is the ability to have self-awareness. So only humans have this ability to be able to be conscious of themselves, to be self-conscious. So to be, for example, right now I am read I'm saying this podcast to you guys. I'm speaking into a microphone and at the same time there's a part of my brain that sort of sees myself from the outside and is aware of what I'm doing. And you're listening to this podcast right now and you're engaged in the listening of it and then there's another part of you that's aware of what you're doing. Animals do not have this awareness. Animals are totally within within the action of whatever it is that they're doing. 
we have an awareness of our own mortality. We have an awareness of morality, which is something that animals don't have. Like animals can definitely have traits like compassion or kindness, but they don't have a sense of morality the way humans do. And perhaps the biggest trait, which really, all of these traits really are very interconnected in a certain sense if you really think about it enough, but a big one is creativity. The idea to really be creative, to produce art. This is something which animals cannot do to truly create something innovative and new, which is really, if you think about it, what language is all about. And this and creativity really also ties into free will. So free will, what is free will if not for creativity? So true freedom of will means that you have a few choices in front of you and you're not compelled to choose any of them because of any external factor or something like that. But you actually have the ability to objectively decide which one you want to choose. So all of these things really are what make humans different than animals. So why are we bringing this all up? So we are still in the middle of chapter 38, if you recall, and I hope you have caught up with all of the episodes so far in this chapter. Please go back and listen if you haven't. And what we've been talking about is this, is this idea of mitzvahs of commandments and the idea of, of intention in the mitzvahs and how important is intention and what does it mean to have intention and is intention the main thing or mitzvahs the main thing and where we've left off so far is we left off talking about this idea that how doing the mitzvahs themselves and having intention in the mitzvahs they all come from the same place because these are all things that God wants however there is something superior about having intention and doing the mitzvahs not intrinsically superior, but rather it's superior insofar as when a person has intention in the mitzvahs, this is able to radiate God's light in the mitzvah in a more expansive way versus in a more contracted way. And yesterday we talked about how in, in terms of doing mitzvahs and in terms of having intention of the mitzvahs, there are categories the same way that, that that parallel the orders of creation. And we talked about how just in the body of the mitzvah, the, the action of doing the mitzvah, there are two categories that can be likened to the inanimate order of creation and the vegetative order of creation. And these two categories in mitzvahs are the physical action-oriented mitzvahs that we do with our physical bodies. And then the vegetative level of the mitzvah is the level of mitzvahs which are still physical, but they're a little bit more, have a little bit more of like a, a, a spiritual aspect to them in the sense that they involve speech and thought, which aren't as overtly physical as pure physicality. And then we talked about how the intention of the mitzvahs can be correspond to the two higher categories, the category of the animal and the category of the human. And we kind of left off there and we didn't elaborate upon that. And that's what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about these two subcategories. So we're going to be really focusing on this idea of intention and how this idea of inten intentionality in doing a mitzvah what are these two levels, the level of the animal and the level of the human? And this intro that I gave you about the difference between the animal and the human, I think can be really useful to have in mind in terms of understanding the types of intention that we can have. And to, to sum it up in a really quick way, and then we'll get into the text, 
the di- one of the main differences between animals and humans is that animals are totally subject to their nature. They are slaves to their nature, which doesn't make them bad necessarily. Nature can be a very wonderful thing. Nature causes animals to do all kinds of good things and useful things. And but nevertheless, they they act in accordance with their nature and that's it. They are stuck within the realm of their nature. Versus humans have this ability to sub- to subsume their nature to surpass their nature in a certain sense by overcoming natural inclinations and acting in a way that is intentional, that is creative, that has freedom of will associated within it. And so what we'll learn about today is how when it comes to the intention that we have in the mitzvahs, there's a way that we can have an intention in the mitzvahs that is in a more natural way that's tapping into our more animal kind of side which again, isn't bad, but it's it's one certain kind of level. And then there's a way that we can have intention in the mitzvahs that's in a more human way, that's in a more above nature kind of way, that that's, has a little bit more intention to it. So I think we should get straight into the text now and see how the Alter Rebbe breaks this down, and then we can bring it together at the end. So here we go. So now the Alter Rebbe says that he who has a good sense of discernment, in Hebrew, the term is dato yafa, like has a good sense of discernment, basically, to know God and to meditate upon his greatness, to be able to birth out of his understanding the supernal awe in his mind, as well as the love of God in the right ventricle of the heart, so that his soul will thirst for God to cleave to God through keeping the Torah and mitzvahs, which are the drawing down and radiance of the light of the Ein into his soul to be able to cleave to him. And through this, and through this intention, a person learns and keeps all the mitzvahs. And so too with this intention, a person prays and blesses. Then this intention is like the neshama, like the soul of a human who has intellect and who has free will and who speaks with knowledge. So like this is not an ignorant kind of person. So what the altar rabbi is describing here, this is the first category. This is somebody who uses their mind and has the mental capacities to be able to meditate upon God in an intellectual way that will lead them to this sense of great supernal fear, supernal awe, as well as to a love that's within their heart. So it's a fear and love that's born out of intellect. This is in the first category. And this fear and love that's born out of intellect puts a person in this category of man, of madaber. So remember, we had those two categories that we're looking at within the realm of intention. So this first category is the category of man. Now, then there are other kind of people who have or have smaller das. They they don't have, they have a limited capacity in their intellects, a limited, limited intellectual abilities. So they don't have the same capacity to be able to meditate upon the greatness of God and to be able to birth this love out of their understanding in the greatness of their heart. And so too, when it comes to awe or fear, so awe in their mind and fear in their heart, fear of God in their heart. So they they don't have the capacity to bird these things out of intellect through intellectual meditation or contemplation, but rather, so what did these kind of people do? They remember and they arouse this, this natural inner love that is hidden within the heart. So remember we talked about this, earlier on in Tanya, every single Jew has this natural love in their heart. So these kind of people have the ability to arouse this natural love and to bring it out from concealment and hiding 
in the heart to revelation in the mind. So they're able to take this hidden love that's found in the heart and bring it up in the mind. So meaning to say that these kind of people are not able to arouse this love from the hiddenness in their heart and make it be revealed in the heart, like in an emotional way, but they are able to arouse it in to take it from the inner recesses of the heart and reveal it and arouse it in the mind so that they become conscious that they have this hidden love of God. And so what this will lead to is that their will that is in their mind and that is in the inner recesses of their heart will agree and will want to with total willingness to give over their life and actuality for the unity of God in order to connect, to cleave to God with their godly soul and with its vestments to become totally encompassed in his unity and in his oneness, which is the will of God, which is the supernal will that is vested within the learning of Torah and it through keeping mitzvahs and all of these things. And so too, is this the case in terms of the fear, which is encompassed within the love that we also mentioned this previously in Tanya, that there's that within that love is also encompassed this natural sense of fear or awe that every Jew has for God to be able to accept the kingship of God, to not rebel against God, God forbid. And with this Kavana, with this intention, a person is then able to turn away from doing bad and to do good. And a person can learn and to and pray and recite blessings, making sure that they're just focusing on the meaning, the simple meaning of the words without fear or love in their heart, without having the fear or love being revealed in their heart or in their mind. So this type of intention is likened to the soul of the animal, the chai, who does not have intellect or free will and but rather all of their midos all of their character character traits which are fear of things that bring them harm and love of things that are beloved to them these are just natural feelings so animals like what do animals fear and love animals fear things that are going to bring them harm and they love things that make them feel good right so it's not an intellectual type of thing and so this is a similar thing in this case with these kind of people, these people that aren't like hyper intellectual and they don't have that same intellectual category as the first category. So their fear and love are totally innate. They're, it's, they're tapping into this more innate, natural kind of love that is hidden within the heart of every single Jewish people because this is a because this is an inheritance that was given to us from our forefathers. And this is like the nature within our souls, as was explained above. So once again, we spoke about this previously, and if you want to go back and look that up for some review, you can look it up in chapter 18. So this is the end of the section today. So just to bring this all together and sum it up is so what the altar is teaching us in today's section is that there are two types of ways of having intention in serving God. So we're in this category already where it's not, no, we're no longer, are we just talking about simply performing the mitzvahs by rote or just like the bare, like fact of keeping the mitzvahs, but now we're talking about, okay, we are keeping the mitzvahs with intention. What does that mean to keep the mitzvahs with intention, to have kavana when we do the mitzvahs? And the altar says that there are two categories of this. Category number one is the category of somebody who meditates upon God in a very intellectual way and uses their mind to really come to this understanding of the greatness of God. And the, and this meditation and contemplation teaches the altar will eventually 
lead to the birthing of emotions. So the intellect will give birth to emotions. And what are these emotions? The emotions are a feeling of supernal awe of God and within their minds, as well as the love of God in the right ventricle of their heart. So that now when they are keeping Torah and mitzvahs, they're doing this out of this passion, this like emotional kind of passionate feeling. And these kind of people, the Ultra Rabbi explains, are in the category of the human. Why are they in the category of the human? Because the human is the person with humans, as opposed to animals, have the capacity to be able to live an intentional life, to choose and to direct our lives in any which way that we want to. So similarly, these kind of people intentionally sit down they meditate, they think about God, and this intentionality and this meditation leads to their emotions. Then the second category of people who also have intention when they serve God, they also have kavana, they're in the category of the animals. Why are they in the category of animals? Because animals, as we learned, unlike humans, do not behave in intentional kind of ways, but they just go in accordance with their nature. This doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but it's like they're they're more subject to their natural being, who they naturally are, what they are naturally made up of. So similarly, those kind of Jews who are are the kind of people who don't have the capacity, don't have the intellectual ability to sit and meditate upon God and birth emotions through their intellect, but rather what do they do? They arouse the natural love, which encompasses within it fear as well, the natural love and fear that's inside of the recesses of their heart, which is something that we were all given as a present, as from an inheritance from our forefathers. And this natural love and fear of God will translate into an intellectual understanding and an intellectual swaying of their lives to behave properly, to do the right things. So it sort of works in the opposite direction. So whereas in the first category, the people that are have the kavana that they we liken them to the human category, they are taking their minds and through their minds, they translate this into their heart versus in the second category of people, the people that are likened more to the animal way of life, they have these emotions that are inside their heart and they have the ability to tap into these emotions in their heart and to translate that into this like sense of an intellectual kind of like giving over or uh, agreeing to keeping Torah and mitzvahs and, and, uh, and doing what they need to do because they feel it initially on this emotional level in a more natural way. So that is the end of chapter 38. And tomorrow we're going to begin a new chapter, chapter 39. And I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak Ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.